This is the Victory Podcast. Every week, we'll share an inspiring message about God's grace and forgiveness for you, wherever you're at in life. Your victory starts now. Well, we're continuing our sermon series called Path to Victory. We've been looking at the practices of the early Christian church. And today we'll be focusing on the practice of spiritual growth. And so we'll be focusing on Paul's second letter to Timothy, chapter 3, beginning verse 14. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Lord God, we came here to hear from you and your word, and so we pray that you would speak, O Lord. We pray that that we would uh, listen to the word that you breathed into existence, and we pray that you would breathe the Holy Spirit into us so that we would receive your word and that it would change our lives. And don't let anything I'm doing get in the way of your kingdom. In your name we pray, amen. Do you have a growth mindset or a fixed mindset? Do you think that your your talents and abilities and level of intelligence is a fixed ratio? Or do you think that you can grow and develop? Carol Dweck, a researcher from Stanford, in her best-selling book, Mindset, really kind of coined those two ideas of growth mindset versus fixed mindset. And this is what she says about those two ways to, to view things. She says, in a fixed mindset, students believe their basic abilities, their intelligence, their talents are just fixed traits. They have a certain amount and that's that. And then their goal becomes to look smart all the time and never look dumb. In a growth mindset, students understand that their talents and abilities can be developed through effort, good teaching, and persistence. They don't necessarily think that everyone's the same or anyone can be Einstein, but they believe everyone can get smarter if they work at it. So how about you? Do you have a a growth mindset or a fixed mindset? Well, I believe that probably most of us have a growth mindset, at least in some areas of our life. Uh, We probably have a growth mindset when we look at our, our children. We send them off to school because we believe they can grow in their knowledge and in their skills. We believe that, that maybe our children can, can learn how to play a sport, and so we sign them up for a, a sports team. We believe they, they can grow and develop and learn how to play an instrument, so we might sign them up for band. That in many ways we have this idea that our children at least can grow. And maybe we have a growth mindset in some areas of our own life, and, and that's why we maybe take a new course or, or try to that new job because we think we can develop into the person that can take on those responsibilities. And so maybe in some ways we have a growth mindset, but here is one area that I think many times we can get caught in a fixed mindset, and that's when it comes to our faith. When it comes to our faith, I think we can have a, a, a fixed mindset, and 
I don't know, I've had a chance to meet quite a few of you, and I think many of you grew up like I did, where you grew up maybe in some kind of Christian home. Maybe you went to some kind of Christian uh, school, or, or maybe you were dropped off at Sunday school or something like that. Maybe you had some sort of catechism training when you were growing up. And what can happen is after you go through this maybe catechism training and get confirmed, maybe we have this idea that we've graduated from God. That I've learned everything I need to learn and now that's about as far as I can go. You have a fixed mindset when it comes to your faith. Maybe you didn't grow up that way, but maybe you've come into victory and you've gone through the path to victory classes and you've learned some things about God's word, but that's about as far as you want to go. You think that's as far as I can go. That's as much as I can handle. You know you have a fixed mindset in your faith if you say things like, you know, growing in my faith or reading the Bible, that's something for pastors or professors or for theologians. I'm just not, that's just not my thing. I'm just not that spiritual. You're you're giving yourself a fixed mindset and you're not going to grow. And here's the problem with that. I remember hearing this when I was back in high school and I think it's true, that our faith is never static. It never just stays the same. Our faith is dynamic. It's either shrinking or it's growing. It never stays the same. So if you're not growing, you're weakening your faith. You're shrinking in your faith. And here's the big concern that if you keep shrinking in your faith, one day maybe your faith will get blown out like a candle. But it doesn't have to be this way. You can grow. You can have a growth mindset when it comes to your faith. You can grow, you can change. And that's why we're continuing this sermon series called Path to Victory. In this sermon series, we looked at the the practices of the early Christian church. The the, the movement that birthed the, the, the Christian church, that billions of people have become Christians because of what they did in the beginning. What the early Christian church did in the beginning, it, we read that they gathered. That was the first G that we looked at, that they regularly gathered, gathered in the temple courts. Then we looked at that second G on the, on our, on, in our icons of groups. They gathered in small groups in homes and they encouraged one another. And then we found out last week, Pastor Bill talked about how they were giving. They were generous people. And today we're going to talk about growth. That they focused on spiritual growth. They were devoted to God's word. They were devoted to the scriptures. And so the question we want to answer this morning is how can we do the same? How do we grow in our faith? How can we have a growth mindset and be different today than we were yesterday? How does that happen? And answer that question, we're going to go to Paul's second letter to Timothy. The Apostle Paul used to be a a guy who didn't believe in, in Jesus at all. He thought Christianity was a cult. But then he became a Christian. And he became one of the greatest missionaries who ever lived. He wrote 13 of the 27 New Testament books of the Bible. And on his second missionary journey, we read in Acts, he picked up a guy named Timothy as his student who came with him wherever he went. And now Paul is writing his second letter to him that we have and probably, most definitely, his last letter to Timothy because he writes in this letter that very soon he believes he's going to be executed by Rome for his faith. And so he's pouring out like his last will and testament to Timothy. He's concerned because Paul knows that our faith never stays static. He's concerned that Timothy might follow so many of the other people in the early Christian church when it got tough, when Rome started persecuting, they started getting weak in their faith and they rejected their faith. And so Paul speaks to Timothy, passionately says to Timothy these words. He says, But as for you, Timothy, 
Continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of because you know those from who you learned it. Continue. Timothy, have a growth mindset. You got to continue in this faith because if you don't continue in this faith, you're going to lose your faith. Keep growing, Timothy. Because you know those from whom you learned it. You can trust the people you learned it from. Now, when you open up the beginning of this letter, we find out who Timothy learned this from. It says that Timothy learned the faith from his grandmother, Lois, and his mother, Eunice. And Paul is saying, continue in that. And he says earlier in this letter too, he says, fan that faith into flame because you know, you know your grandma, you know your mother, you know they knew it was true and they taught this to you. And so Paul goes on to say this. He says, And how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Timothy, from little infancy, your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, they they rocked you and told you God's word. You know about that. And so I picture picture the grandmother uh, Lois rocking Timothy and singing the scriptures, singing the psalms to him. I, I picture um, Eunice, uh, you know, speaking the words of the, the gospel to Timothy, and he learned it from little on. He became a believer from little on, from infancy. It's beautiful. In fact, maybe some of you grew up in a similar situation. Maybe you had a grandmother or a mother who sang to you the scriptures. If your grandmother or mother, someone you know, taught you this song, sing it along with me. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Right? Very good. And so from little on, many of us heard that song and we we heard the scriptures and that's what we preach every week. That, That Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. You come here every week, we start every service by confessing our sins and hearing the good news of the gospel. Week after week, day after day, we are all about this. This is the the ABCs of our faith, and we're going to keep talking about it. We're going to keep sharing our faith. We're going to keep talking about that simple truth. But here's my concern. That what you learned when you were an infant or younger, Jesus loves me, this I know. I had a professor who said this. What can happen is we start believing this. Jesus loves me, this I know, and that's all I really want to know. That maybe we grow up in height, Grow older in age, but we remain spiritual infants. And that's dangerous. It's dangerous to be an infant forever. You get tossed back and forth by every wind of teaching, by every idea that's out in the world, by everything that you hear. And if you don't grow stronger, that's putting you in spiritual danger. So Paul says you need to go beyond that. You can't just start with the ABCs. You got to keep growing, keep continuing. He tells us how to do that. He says you have to have this conviction that all scripture is God-breathed. That if you're going to grow, you got to have this conviction that, that everything in the Bible is breathed out by God. My son just started playing the saxophone. And, and in a way, that's what, what Paul is saying happens here, that, that, it, that the Holy Spirit breathed into 30 different authors, like a musician breathing into 30 different instruments. And that the instruments might sound differently, but the musician behind them decides the tune. 
And so as we read the Bible, we, we hear all these different writing styles and perspectives from, from history, but behind them is the same musician that's breathing into all these authors, the Holy Spirit. So what's in the Bible is exactly what God wanted to be written down. That you have to have this conviction that I'm speaking with the master. When I, when I open up the Bible, I'm speaking with the master. Makes me think of, and I've used this illustration before, so I apologize if you heard me say this before, but it makes me think of that scene from Star Wars where, um, where Luke Skywalker is looking for the master Jedi, uh, you know, the Jedi master Yoda. And he gets to this strange island and all he finds is this little green guy that talks funny. And he starts talking to him, saying, I'm looking for the master Jedi. And finally he finds out that this green guy who talks when he is the master Jedi Yoda, right? And he always starts listening to him. And that's the kind of thing that can happen when you start reading the Bible. You start opening the Bible and says, oh, this is God's word. But it's a strange book that kind of talks funny sometimes, right? But as you keep learning the context and the history and the purpose, you start figuring out, I'm actually talking with the master. And he's speaking to me through his word. So you got to come at the scriptures that it's all God breathed, that God's speaking this. And then the next thing that Paul says is, and all scripture is useful. That might be a surprise to you. Again, at first it might not feel that way, but Paul says all scripture is useful. It's practical. Everything in there is practical. But it's a long story in lots of different situations. But, but it's, it's all practical. Practical for what? What is it useful for? He says, It's all useful so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. It's useful to help us grow into the people we're supposed to be. It's useful to help us grow into the people we are supposed to be. And so that answers our question, right? How do we grow spiritually? Our question in the beginning, how do we grow spiritually? And the answer is we grow by reading God's word. We grow by reading God's word. Now that might not be news to you, But it's true. We have to say it over and over again. You're not going to grow unless you're reading God's word. God's word is how we grow. You got to get into the Bible. We got to read God's word together. We got to read it as a community. We got to use the tools. We're not going to grow spiritually unless we read God's word. If we don't read God's word, we're going to remain spiritually infant. We're going to remain spiritually anemic. We have to read God's word if we're going to grow. So how does that happen? Well, I skipped over a a few things as I read that last verse. Paul gives us four things that the scriptures do uh, to lead us to grow. And and this is kind of new for me. I've studied this verse for my whole ministry. I've memorized this verse back in catechism. I have our kids memorize this verse. But it was new to me because um, this verse shows the progression of growth. Paul says four things that show us the progression of growth. Teaching, rebuking, correcting and training righteousness. It's the progression of growth. That we grow through teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. How does that happen? Well, I'm going to use a golf illustration. Not all of you are golfers, but bear with me. Bear with me. I'm going to use a golf illustration here. Um, I grew up playing golf. I started playing golf when I was nine years old. But these last couple of years, I was not growing in my golf game. The only thing that was growing was my score number, Right? I was getting worse and worse. So I said, finally, I'm going to get a lesson. So I go to Moreland uh, Golf Range and, and Mick there, that Australian guy, he's awesome. He's just, he, he gave me a golf lesson and he took me through those four words. He started by 
teaching me. Went back to the basics. He started teaching me to where to stand and how to stand and, and do the, the basics. Went back to the basics. He started teaching me. And then I started swinging. He said, started hitting some golf balls. He started filming me. And that's when he started rebuking me, right? <laughs> he started saying, well, the, this is why you keep hitting it to the right. This is where your hands are. These are the things that you're doing wrong. He started rebuking me in a very nice, gentle way. But he was rebuking me, telling me what I was doing wrong. He was telling me to stop that. And then he started instructing me, started telling me where to put my hands, where to, where to shift my weight, all, do all those kinds of things. He started instructing me. And then finally, he gave me some drills for training. He gave me some drills to do at home so that I would start working what I learned into my muscle memory so it became automatic. And that's the same process that happens when we read God's word. You start reading God's word and it starts teaching you something. It teaches you the basics about who God is and who we are and what happened, that God created a very good world, but human beings, we've rejected God and walked away from God and we are by nature sinful and that's why we're selfish by nature. That's why we think about ourselves first. But then God came in. It's a story about God, not really about us. It's a story about God coming into the world, rescuing us in Jesus Christ. And he lived for us, died for us, rose for us, and he's coming back again. When you read the Bible, he starts teaching you. But then you start diving in a little bit deeper and you start reading these stories about Abraham and, and Moses and people like Peter. You start reading the story of Abraham. He's supposed to be the father of all believers. But he grows impatient about God's promises and starts doing some really wicked things. And all of a sudden, it starts rebuking you, right? You say, I've been impatient with God and his promises. I've done the same thing as Abraham. And they start reading about Moses, this great leader who's leading God's people out of Egyptian slavery into the promised land, except he doesn't go in the promised land because he loses his temper. And also you start saying, I lose my temper and it destroys my life and God's word starts rebuking you and me. And we get to the New Testament, we see the story of, of Peter and he's supposed to be this, this, this leader of the disciples, except when Jesus needed him most, he, he, he denied that he even knew who Jesus was. And all of a sudden you start to think, how many times have I denied my faith and not stood up for my faith? I'm no different than Peter and the Bible starts rebuking us. And so we go to Jesus for forgiveness. We go to him for healing. And then God's word starts instructing us, correcting us. It shows us Jesus, not just as our substitute, but our, our example. You start spending some time with Jesus and he starts correcting us. We start being more and more like Jesus. We start to look like more and more like Jesus. We start to live like Jesus. And then finally, that fourth word, training, God's word gives us these drills, really, these habits to put into practice. Like the Lord's Prayer, we start praying the Lord's Prayer and we learn how to talk to our Father. God's word gives us these, these habits, these drills, these spiritual practices of giving and offering so we learn how to be generous. God starts giving us these, these habits and practices of solitude and silence and stillness and Sabbath. And we start practicing these things and they start becoming part of our spiritual muscle memory. So we start training how to grow and be the people that Jesus created us to be. So when we read God's word, we go through that process of teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. And I want all of us to go through that process over and over again because I want us all to grow. I want us to have a growth mindset. 
I want us to get in God's word. But God's word is still hard, isn't it? And many of you found that out. We started reading God's word as a congregation back in January. I preached a sermon on how we should be in God's word every day. And so we started the YouVersion Bible app. And we started reading through the whole Bible in a year through the Bible Project reading plan. We were watching videos together. And many of you, in fact, 250 of you started reading the Bible together. And I think many of us, we started reading through some of those very difficult chapters in the Old Testament and maybe kind of fell behind and stopped. But here's the good news. This week, on Tuesday, October 13th, we're in day 275 of reading through the Bible. We're starting the New Testament on Tuesday. We're starting the New Testament on Tuesday. And so I want to encourage all of us as a congregation, here's the take-home point, let's read the New Testament together. If you were reading with us and you fell off, jump back in. If you just heard about this for the first time, why don't you start reading with us? If you, if you don't already have a daily Bible reading plan, if you're not already doing this on your own, let's do this together. I want to be, come alongside like your coach. I'm going to put a comment in there every single day about what the reading is about to help walk you through this so that we get that practice of reading God's word because I want all of us to grow. I want, to, I want God to teach us. I want God to rebuke us. I want God to instruct and train us in righteousness so we can grow into the people that God created us to be. And so here's how you do that. You go to votl.life and you go to the groups tab and you can click on a button there. And in the announcements today, there's going to be a little bit of an explanation how to get there, but I would love, and, and you can email me, call me, and we'll help you through this whole process of reading through the Bible every day because I think we can all grow. I don't think we need to be who we were yesterday. I think we can all grow. But it all depends on your mindset. Do you have a fixed mindset? That I just is who I am. This is as far as I'm going to go spiritually. This is just what I am. I'm just not that spiritual. Or do you have a growth mindset that you can grow and change and be different today than what you were yesterday? I learned something about myself in those golf lessons. Here's what I learned. That no matter how much I practice or how many lessons I have, I'm never going to be Tiger Woods. It's not going to happen. That I do have some limitations. I'm never going to be Tiger Woods, but I can be a better version of Ben. And I started playing better, actually. I started shooting better, and I can, be a, I can grow into a better version of Ben. And when you start reading the Bible every day, what you're going to find out is the Bible challenges you and exposes you. You're going to find out, I'm never going to be Jesus, Right? But that's why he came. That's the good thing about reading the Bible. When you read the Bible and he rebukes you, it gives you a reason every day to go back to Jesus for forgiveness and hope. You're never going to be Jesus, but you can be the best version of you until he returns. What would it look like if all of us were reading the Bible together every day for the rest of this year in 2020? if we all read the New Testament together, that every one of us started every day reading the exact same scriptures, what kind of power would that give us to grow, to encourage one another, to build one another? What could that be like? So I encourage you. Let's read God's word together. Let's grow together. Let's grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's pray. Lord God, we want to grow we don't want to be who we were yesterday. We want to become resilient, faithful followers of Jesus that are able to stand strong in all the chaos of what's going on in our communities and our world. We want to be strong. But we need your spirit. 
We need your spirit to open the scriptures so we can understand what they mean. And we need your spirit to show us how to put it into practice. So Lord God, I pray that you would give us your Holy Spirit and that you'd help us open your word. In your name we pray, amen. Thanks for listening to the Victory Podcast brought to you by Victory of the Lamb in Franklin, Wisconsin. For video sermon archives, more information about us, and to let us know how we can meet you where you're at, go to victoryofthelamb.com.